millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. But to do what? <laughs> I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. It's just a dynamite. There's no Grand Slam. There's no Page Turner special. No, this was dynamite. Uh-oh, a hurricane might affect plans. Let's do the bare minimum. Dynamite. Ring of Honor. <laughs> the Ring of Honor uh, <clears throat> test show. yeah. Please, if you haven't already, hit the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on the show if you're watching on demand. And for all those people watching live, get in your Omega chats to wrestle to Redacted. That's a tough name to say. There was a sign in the crowd that said, I miss Kenny. And I was like, can't say that these days. He's he's the innocent party in all of this. <laughs> just he, wanted to save a dog. He just turned up to work a week ago. I was like, hey guys, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Oh, oh, shucks. Oh, no. I'll go to Japan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Why is he... Is that he nibbling? He's nibbling. He's bitten my arm. Apparently. <laughs> Reportedly. Um, yeah, so redacted chats, we're now calling them WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars because US dollars are now the king of currencies because our great <laughs> our great British sterling has joined the hideous ranks of the Canadian dollar and the Australian dollar. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I apologize on behalf of the country. But one people, I do not apologize for because they are excellent is our sponsors for today's show raid shadow legends please that's not how you say it uh, how do you say it's it? kind of like a soraya or soraya thing right uh, you said how did you say it i said a, a raid shadow legends the proper way to pronounce it is raid shadow legend please scan the qr code this qr code that's right here Right here, because not only does it get you a great game, it gets you a whole bunch of extra goodies as well. And they've got some very cool things planned for the month of October. And we've got a very fun promo video about that later on in this episode. So stick around for that. We can find out even more details about the cool things you can get with, am, am I saying this right? Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, so close. Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll, okay. Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, no, it's completely different. Raid Shadow Legends! I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. Uh, link in the video description below or that QR code. Please do that. Every sort of link, click, helps support us here. So it's much appreciated. It's the best way to support us also, Wrestle Talk. Did you know you can scan this QR code using the camera app on your phone? Amazing. I mean, I wonder what technology is. Someone told me pre-pandemic QR codes are going to be big, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh, I've been down this road before." And, and it's it's something that's come up a lot with conversations with them since, uh, because I laughed at them. <laughs> and now look, they're everywhere. Annoyingly, right? So this Soraya, not Soraya, Soraya. Okay. The, Adam told me a good way to remember this. Oh yeah. If Miss If Mister Mysterio got knighted. He'd be if Mr. Mysterio got knighted. Ray Mysterio, knight, Saraya, Mysterio, Saraya, Saraya, not Saraya, no, Saraya. It's not Saraya, uh, sis. It's Saraya. I think you just 
made it confused again. <laughs> I was finally starting to remember how to pronounce Paige's name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, uh, after astoundingly, surprisingly, shockingly making her AEW debut and a return to wrestling, at least the product, not necessarily in ring, last week at the Grand Sam show, this was billed as Sir Raya Speaks. Yes, because a new signing, this is what they always do on week one of them coming in, is like, you will hear from new signee Sir Raya after their shock debut last week. Sting did it for the first three months <laughs> of his time, which is to get interrupted by Team Taz. Tony Schiavone, glorified Mike Stand. Yeah, he, well, we needed Tony Schiavone in ring for this, unfortunately, mm. but this was a section for <clears throat> ladies. Oh, yeah. So Soraya comes down and she's like, I'm back, which I think is what she did when she came back last time for about two months. Yeah. And then, of course, got that injury again. And she cut a promo where she unfortunately tripped over her words a lot. Uh, she even made reference to such kind of like how Bailey did where she said, oh, I'm so excited to be in front of all of you. I'm a bit nervous. I'm saying the wrong thing because I think she said like, I, I, I'm making a revolution here. Yeah, she was meant to say, over there I was the revolution, and here I'm going to be the revolution. What she said was, over here I'm the revolution. And it was like, so I'm going to be a revolution here. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't a good promo. Uh, but then, I, you know, that's I, I feel sympathy for her in that regard because it's, uh, it's her first time back. Bit of promo rust. We, we know how good she is on the mic. But then the segment that followed eh, was just no good. It actually like felt like a, felt like a 2016 WWE thing. Didn't it just this was Soraya has invented women's wrestling in AEW? Because what she does is she calls out like they do this sort of falsified thing where the uh, the timekeepers oh, are telling her to like, that. hey, your segment's over, and she was like, I'm not ending my segment here. I'm going to call out all the women. So all of the women at the back are like five women yeah it, yeah, it yeah came from the back it and, was <laughs> until yeah yeah go through them it was tony storm athena willow nightingale sky blue and madison rain yeah so when i think of ada of course like the heels wouldn't come out but nyla rose um marina shafir and her little shafir. hat uh there's more women well Chris I, statlander's injured i think that she does about uh, no, because they did an injury storyline with her. Yeah. But I think also not everyone was had to come to work sure, today because sure. of the hurricane and, and things like that. So maybe this was all of the women they had at their disposal for this show. Then don't do it. <laughs> I would argue <laughs> don't do it. So the baby faces come down and they're all like, yay, Saray is here and that's great. And then Soraya's like, I'm going to introduce them one by one. And I thought, this segment's already going long. This mm. could take a while. And she starts with Tony Storm. And she says, she's finally in a company that is utilizing her to her full potential. And before she could get to the rest of them, Britt Baker comes out with Rebel and Jamie Hayter and Penelope Ford. Mm. Because, well, I guess to even out the numbers. Yeah, it was proper. Here are all the AEW women standing in a row. It it really was. Yeah. They all stood in a row, and it was very much 2016 mm. on SmackDown. It was like you remember when um, uh, Becky Lynch had to pick a replacement for Survivor Series, like, and they just all stood in a row. <laughs> that's that's what this segment was, and it was very awkward. It was a bit cringe, and then Soraya and Baker had a back and forth where. The crowd chanted for Jamie Hayter. The crowd chanted for Jamie Hayter. I would say the verbiage here was better than what Belair and Bailey had on Raw, which mm. I thought was actively bad. But this was also not very good. I like Britt. Britt was great, the I Brit thought. Uh, yes. She had a really good line where she's like, look, because she's still got a busted nose from the previous week. She's like, I, I put my nose on the line. I put my neck on the line. Oh, you can't because your neck's not strong enough. Yeah. I thought that was a killer line. Yeah, she's like, I'm holding this division up mm. with my neck. Good job my neck is strong enough, unlike yours. There, and then she's, they started making fun of her name of how to pronounce it. And then, uh, so I need to call her Paige then. Hmm. Soraya says, so you're making fun of my name when your name rhymes with S words. Mm. And the crowd sort of went, oh, like, you know, it wasn't like a, oh, it was like a, oh, that's, yeah, you, you said the word. However, this whole thing was saved me by Jamie Hayter, who off mic said, her name's Baker. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, it was one of those things where I was like, is that funny? And, <laughs> and then I realized, oh, if I'm asking that in the moment, <laughs> it probably isn't. It's like, am I missing a bit here? Yeah. Uh, is it actually funny in a goofy way? No, it was, it was, it was a bit lame. And then Sir, Sir Raya says, well, you know, he, uh, who was it? Tony Storm is facing Serena Deep, who was coming out for the heels because all the women stand in a row. And now it's a lumberjack match. Yeah, she spoke with Tony Khan, a boss that actually listens to her. I don't think you want to be making those jibes when Triple H is in charge these days. For the AEW <laughs> women's division. <laughs> I know. Where, you know, like you've got interviews with Awesome Kong, who's actively said, no one listens to me. Yeah, no one listens there. <laughs> Absolutely not. And she had a conversation with Tony Khan, and it's now going to be a lumberjack match. First ever women's lumberjack match in AEW. Uh, and, that, and it's going to be for the title. And it kind of, and I just sort of said that I was like, so what is your role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I figured that with the amount they have signed up for, and this is what Meltzer was saying on Wrestling Observer Radio, his speculation on this is like, with the amount they're paying her, I would expect she's wrestling. Mm. Because, and they clearly are setting up a match between her and Britt Baker. But we're, we are just sort of like, going to tease this out a few more weeks, let the question hang over, can she go, is she cleared, this, that, and the other, before we announce, probably at full gear, that we're going to be doing Soraya's first match in AEW against Britt Baker, and it's going to be on pay-per-view, mm. which I think is a pretty smart move. In the interim, though, it'd be nice for some clarification on what, what is Soraya. Yeah, it's it really is a clunky part, and I've always admired AEW for this particular stance up until I would say well, when everything started to go off the boil for me this year, which is around April time. And that is they are very protective over their performers' private medical things. They never disclose injury statuses or stuff like that. But this year, that's become a bit of a tired thing because, as you've seen with people like Malachi Black, he just that means he just disappears from screen. And these stories drop away. I'm not talking about the most recent part of that. I'm talking about last year when he had those terrible back injuries, it sounds like. But the AEW's solution to that is remove that person from TV to help them heal. Great. Let's protect their private stuff. Great. But it leaves the viewers going, why's, why's Malachi Black? I think we even asked that question. Yeah. And it just, that not that there needs to be transparency there, but there needs to be an effort to create reasons for why people aren't doing the stuff they're doing. Usually you do like an injury angle to write someone out. Um, but with Sir, Sir Raya here, it is it, the big question around Paige for, for five years has been, can she wrestle? To debut someone and not explicitly address that immediately means you've got this huge white elephant standing at ringside. And it's hard to invest in anything when that is looming over everything so large. Also, in segment, the segment was very clunky. Yeah, it wasn't a good segment. This, this wasn't a good segment. And I don't think it was helped by the fact that the most over person in it appeared to be Jamie Hayter, <laughs> who was uh, not the champion, nor in the match that was following. In fact, actually, probably the loudest pop outside of the, the last move in this match was when Jamie Hayter and Willow Nightingale got into a fight and they, they brawled backstage. Mm. Yeah, it's the the match itself was uh, it was Deeb versus Storm. It was a fine match. I thought it was actually really good. Deeb's excellent, of course yeah. she is, and Storm's really good. Uh, the crowd came alive for the end. The crowd are quite. Uh, well, I'll get onto this later, but the crowd are, don't seem to like wrestling that much at the moment. No, they pop for entrances. It's that it's the WWE style of watching wrestling, which is you pop for entrances and you pop for a finish, but the rest of it you're quite quiet for. It's weird to see that so much in AEW over the last couple of months, particularly in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. That this was the first time it really hammered home to me. I was like, it's, it's the home of ECW. It's, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, but I actually I thought this was Tony Storm's best outing. Since be since becoming an interim champion, and as I mentioned on a, a few weeks back as well, when she won the interim championship, I think the great strength of doing this is to give her that John Moxley run mm -hmm. of you know you just have really good matches on TV, you make that interim championship mean and matter so that when you do the unification match, it feels like a big deal as opposed to just putting the belt on her and then like they did with Thunder Rosa, not put her on TV for four weeks. 
I, I agree. I think Tony Storm looked great in the finish because that second rope pile driver just murderized Dean. It was and great. The first Storm Zero that she did, yeah. like, like really did. I, I wrote in my notes, Storm Zero for the win. But I've seen Storm Zeros. I've not seen them off the second <laughs> rope. That popped me. But uh, we can't get past the point also that Sir Raya not buried the division, but having Tony Storm, your women's champion, just stand there. It's not well, a good one. I, I, th I thought it really undermined everybody there, which was the opposite of what they were obviously intending. It, it's, you made the exact, the, the best comparison possible to this, which is it's the exact same segment of Stephanie McMahon introducing those NXT call-ups mm. back in, like, in 2015 and said, like, this is the women's revolution now. Mm. Like, I, I am branding this thing. And here comes Becky Lynch. Here comes Sasha Banks. Here comes uh, Charlotte. And I am assigning you friends and I'm assigning <laughs> you teams. Yeah. You're now my toys and I'm going to play with you and I'm the one who's in control here. And actually, Soraya had real, like, Stephanie McMahon inventing women's wrestling mm. vibes about her. So I don't... And because they, she's got no role i don't really know like yeah. is she the general manager of the women's division is she here to make a revolution in that she's going to make this division mean something hard to do when there's still only one match a week yeah i i, I think I, i'm not in favor really of aw having a general manager although i think soraya could be a really good person for that like i would if nigel mcginnis suddenly jumped ship i'd be like you know what general manager him make him the general manager of dynamite i'm i love that but what you've got here, if you just said that Soraya, because are they waiting for the, some reports to come back that she's medically cleared? In the meantime, just have she is the general manager of the women's division. You aren't you, you move that question to the side of will she get in ring to wrestle so we can concentrate on what's happening with the people in the division that she's trying to elevate. And then if she does get cleared, fantastic. That's when you have a second reveal that she is getting physical. So you get two pops, but they've just muddled that. Yeah. Uh, to put a positive mm. on this, to kind of wrap this up before we get into the uh, the name redacted chats, mm -hmm. this was a segment that was long. Yeah. And the match then was long as well. And that meant that on this episode of Dynamite, nearly half an hour of it was dedicated to women's wrestling, which is massive in the grand scheme yeah. of Dynamite things. Because that very rarely happens. Usually they have their one quarter where they get their three backstage segments and their one match. Whereas this was top of the hour, which is a big ratings part of, of Dynamite. And it went from more or less top of the hour through to the half past mark mm. before we went into Ricky yeah. Starks getting his squash match and the Bandido match. So that is, I think, a, a positive to take away from this. However... I'll see where we are in three weeks mm -hmm. because I've said <clears throat> that's a positive first step for the women's division a lot since AEW launched three years ago. So you meant to finish on a positive. <laughs> Just couldn't help yourself, <laughs> could you, AEW hater? Couldn't hate myself, but hate this company. And <laughs> um, before we get into the redacted chats, I, I am aware of the hypocrisy here. I said this to Luke before we started. Here's me sitting here criticizing AEW for not making someone's status clear enough. And I, you know, I looked at the raw review comments from you and Dan on Tuesday. What a great person Dan is. Professor Dan Let's Layton. Get some cheap, uh, cheap pops for him in Give the it comments. Up to Dan in the chat. Uh, but like a, a few people, like so, what's Ollie doing? Is what what's going on here? Where Ollie? where Ollie? Yeah, it's a classic question. It used to be where Adam, uh, but now it's where Ollie. But I get it because, you know, what's happened over the last couple of months is initially I just stopped doing the Raw reviews. I was only doing the AEW podcast. Then we had the Quizzlemania stip where me and you were doing Raw, Pete and Tempest were doing AEW around the same time that Triple H got the book. And now after that, we've gone back to the AEW thing and you just do Raw. So I can see how it would have been confusing. And like, just to explain it, my... I didn't want to just make an announcement. I'm stepping back from the raw review, or I'm stepping back from one podcast a month, uh, a week that I do, just because I'm not really that way built. Uh, and I, I didn't want to like sabotage anyone who would step into my seat on that show. Um, but now I, yeah, I can see it's it's better to address it because I did quite a quite a lot over the pandemic got a bit burnt out i was i was making six six wrestle talk news episodes a week and every podcast for like five months um i'm still kind of feeling the after effects of that so 
I just, and the business is growing, it's bigger. So it was just uh, a move to take me off just the Raw podcast. And I do two WrestleTalk News episodes a, a week and the AEW podcast. Yeah, so it'll be me and Dan doing the Raw podcast for the foreseeable future. It was a, it was a good run we had together. Uh, great times. But I think you've made the right choice. Mm, yeah, I can't. I can't do it anymore. No. Uh, but Raw's good. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, it, I wish uh, there, was, there was this case back in May. I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the thing now. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'll, I'll, I'll read out some name redacted <laughs> Charles Berg here says due to Hurricane Ian many people that were originally scheduled couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't appear that doesn't mean AEW couldn't have done some compelling TV fortunately this was a very missable episode also poor Soraya and that segment was dead on arrival jam that jam I think I like this episode more than most people. Yeah, I think it was. We came in, I came into the office. Ollie said to me, What do you think? I was like, That was a totally fine episode of Dynamite. Yeah, fine episode. Um, I guess some people could construe that as missable, but I thought, yeah. I think that main event was excellent. Uh, Michaela Traub. Hey, friends. I just want to say I don't know much about the Paige character and her history. I know we're all wary of the women's division start-stop momentum, but hearing Soraya speak uh, in the ring and on commentary gave me a lot of hope, question mark. Oh, (laughs) well, that's promising. Movie Nation with a very big donation. Thank Thank you. you very much to say I always bring a piece of paper to a wrestling match just in case 
The Rock is my <laughs> opponent. Humor aside, I'm still waiting for a good women's division in AEW. They've got two v two TV shows and a lot of time and a uh, sorry and time since a lot of suspensions to elevate said women's division. I love the format of that chat. Joke, humor aside, criticism. <laughs> <laughs> the Rick Petch. The Soraya segment was so weird and a microser. I can never say that word. Microcosm. Microcosm of the women's division history. The whole show in general just felt a step or uh, step off my the main event. Huh. Right, yeah. Hey yo. Do you remember when Stephanie McMahon came out on Raw to introduce the NXT yeah. call-ups and create women's wrestling? Apparently, Soraya remembers. <laughs> Revolution anyone. However, if we get more Jamie Hayter and Willow Nightingale, I'll be just fine. Oh, they're wrestling on Rampage. Uh, Nick Corvello. Hey Ollie and Luke, I hope you're doing well. In regards to Soraya's promo, it felt kind of condescending in a way i guess and her calling storm the greatest women's champion aew history was insulting and the booze reflected that weird promo for sure Mm. Uh, nate s who's been a member for 17 months in a row says okay i know we've said it before but maybe this is the turning (laughs) point for the division clunkiness aside glad they got more time love having soraya back you know what i love what's that raid shadow legends Like Triple H and WWE creative, Rage Shadow Legends has taken over and there's no going back now because Rage Shadow Legends is the first true game to bring the console experience to your simple mobile phone device. And actually like Triple H and WWE creative, they've set the bar pretty high. There's no going back now. You can explore millions of champion combinations and master countless tactics as you take on bosses, dungeon runs, campaign battles, and batter strangers in PvP arena matches, which is my personal favorite. Take that, big lad 677, you've got nothing on me! With hundreds of artifacts and over 600 champions with unique skills, you can build your team, develop your champions, and raid that raid. But don't just take my word for it. Here is my top three ways to play Raid Shadow Legends. Number one, while eating cereal. Number two, while on a slide. I want to swing. And number three, while doing the Wrestle Talk podcast. The way for them to go. Uh, what do you think? Luke, what do you think? Oh, sorry, it's Raid Shadow Legends. And this month, Raid have just released its new big feature, Awakening, as well as a new brutal dungeon to survive, the Iron Twins Fortress. I love tough dungeon crawls, and if you're good enough to beat this Tomb of Horrors and take down the Iron Twins, you'll be able to awaken your champion, which means you can choose a powerful blessing which can transform how they perform in battle. These blessings look awesome, and there's so much variety to them. This new feature has added a whole new level of strategy to what was all already a deep game. But wait, there's more! Because the big news is that Raid have just released a super-powered legendary version of everyone's favorite jobber champion, Death Knight. The whole Raid community has been waiting for this, and finally, Ultimate Death Knight is here and he's everything we hoped for. He's poised, he's powerful, and he's the only man who can dethrone Roman Reigns. And you can get him for free by logging on and playing Raid Shadow Legends for seven days between now and October 20. 7th and you will get ultimate death knight in your collection use the promo code dk rises to get started on raid shadow legends today as there's never been a better time you'll get a bunch of free items and instantly level your strongest champion all the way to level 55 star ascension this promo is available for both new and existing players so there's no excuse to not use it and if you are new scan my qr code like the little white rabbit you are or use my link in the video description and you'll get loads of bonuses that are $30. That's a free epic champion, 200,000 silver, one energy refill, one XP boost, and one ancient shard, so you can summon your awesome champions as soon as you get them in the game. Clicking the link in the description or scanning the QR code on screen right now, which you can do using your camera phone app. Thank you very much, Dan Layton. Not only supports Raid and gets you a great game, but it also supports here at the WrestleTalk podcast. So click the link and scan that code. Raid that raid. Thank you, Raid, for sponsoring this video. Please do go check them out. Right, so this review play-by-play of AEW Dynamite, uh, it started with Excalibur setting it up as a new era 
of AEW, which I think is fair. I think so as well. We are three weeks or four weeks out now from Brawl Out. Mm -hmm. We have now got a new AEW World Champion. We have a new Ring of Honor World Champion. We have new World Tag Team Champions. It really does feel like this is the first step in this new new era that we're in. We started mm. some new storylines here as well as we build towards full gear. Well, yeah, new storylines, but also at all time. And it's one of the things I liked about this episode, which was its focus, because maybe it's not people not being around because of Hurricane Ian or the fallout or just it was always the plan. Everything felt based around the spine of this year, well, almost year long, JAS versus Blackpool Content Club feud. Combat Club. <laughs> I, I, I'm not feuding with Jericho. <laughs> um, and this started with uh, JAS coming out for a Jericho ROH title celebration party. They're all dressed in purple. Daniel Garcia's standing there looking grumpy. I thought his selling of this segment was great. Yes, and uh, they had Luigi Primo, the pizza guy, spinning dough. Because of course they did, because Luigi Primo got over two weeks ago on Dynamite. So Jericho's like, well, I need to be in the segment with that mm -hmm, guy then. Mm -hmm. Because that's what Jericho's very smart at doing. Seeing who gets over on the internet and then puts himself in segments with them because it then makes him look cool by association. And it doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure Luigi Primo's got a great live act. It doesn't do anything for me. Uh, my friend, uh, Dan, texts me, saying, this guy's not for me. <laughs> I thought, if this guy's not for Dan, lover of any indie gimmick, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Uh, he, but, he sure can spin a pizza dough, though. Yeah, he was doing that for ages. Uh, they Jericho, this is where Jericho sort of laid out the start of what was my favorite thing of this whole episode. It paid off in the cliffhanger. It is the Ring of Jericho. Hilarious. Yes. It's one. Of, it's just the perfect name that both works on a serious and utterly stupid level. It's Raw is Jericho. Yeah. But it's now Ring of Jericho. His butthole. <laughs> The Ring of Jericho. Drink it in, man. <laughs> Rim it in, man. <laughs> Rim it in! <laughs> uh, but Jericho got that over. He said, like, he's going to desecrate the Ring of Honor brand. Now he's the champion. Nobody knew about it before I was the champion. Great stuff. But, of course, this puts Garcia in a dilemma in a conundrum because he is the pure champion that's all about the intricate technical wrestling side of things and he's the guy who's had feelings towards the pro wrestling side of the ideological debate which currently is manifest as the blackpool combat club yeah he is looking at chris jericho this sports entertainer who was the ring of honor world champion who cheated last week mm. to win that belt and he had that conflicted, you know, when he was celebrating with him last week. And he had those conflictions here once again of, am I a sports entertainer or am I a wrestler? It's a very, very simple story to tell. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Presumably culminating at Ring of Honor's next pay-per-view, mm. Garcia versus Jericho for the title. Maybe both titles on the line. I thought that would be something sooner. You know, like Jericho as ROH champion, maybe a month, two month thing. But after the end of this show, I was like, um, d just have this go for six months. Yeah, I mean, he's got his next like bunch <clears throat> of matches laid out for him based yeah. on like his his mission that he's on. Uh, so Daniel Brian Danielson came down and was like, "What are you, Daniel Garcia? Yeah, I don't care what you do. You could be a sports entertainer. You could be a pro wrestler." Chris Jericho says, "I own you, Garcia." Garcia said, "No, you don't." He also rejected Chris Jericho's present, which was like a silly bucket hat. He beat up Luigi Primo, thank God. And then he said, "What do, do you want me to do? This thing? Do you want me to do that thing? Do you want me to tag with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson?" Yeah, he's kind of sort of making fun of like what is sports entertainment? Mm. Of being like, "Hey, if I just throw a pizza box on the floor, is that entertainment? If I beat up Luigi Primo, is that entertainment? If I tag with Justin Roberts, is that entertainment?" Do you know what I think would be entertaining? If I tagged with Bryan Danielson and we had a match against Chris Jericho and his lapdog Sammy Guevara, it was a really nice bit of like. Three things that are quite sports mm. entertainmenty, and then turning it into a pro wrestling thing that in itself is an entertaining thing to watch. Is uh, and that's booked, right? It's that's next happening week. next week. Yeah, on the anniversary so, show. So I, I feel 
This Garcia thing, it's no longer a slow burn. Like, we are in the Garcia breakup with the JS phase, which is good because there's only so many I'm grumpy, Daniel Garcia, facial expressions that I can realistically take. Uh, but this turned into Danielson versus Daddy Magic, yes. Matt Maynard, and they had a decent match. Again, the crowd, as we referred to, was a little bit dead, and that did sap my enjoyment out a bit. They also, didn't, did you notice this? that the camera goes over to them. Matt Maynard shoves Danielson, and then someone in production must have screwed up and played like three seconds of Danielson's music. Yeah. They both look confused and redid the spot. Yeah. So they must have like thought, oh, the camera's coming to us. Yeah, or we've got to get a rad break or, you know, something yeah. like this. But yeah, they, they, uh, they even pointed that on commentary. I think Taz was like, I think the music guy's getting a bit happy. Like, mm -hmm. he's, he's getting a bit excited backstage. But this was a... Totally fine match. There was some Angelo Parker interference and Claudio. Claudio did a segment with Danielson. They are part of the same faction, <laughs> apparently. And he came down and he knocked out uh, Parker and then literally carried him backstage. I thought that was a fun little segment. Danielson hit uh, knee plus on the label lock for the win. Yeah. Simple stuff. Uh, we got a segment, a promo setting up Juice Robinson and John Moxley's rivalry, which they've had a lot in New Japan, of course. Then uh, a recap of MJF's and Wheeler Yuta's stuff from last week. I like the amount of effort AEW put in recapping previous week's stories, why the thing that's about to happen has context. I think that's something they don't do enough of. Well, I thought they did it a lot here. It's because they had a, a, a skeleton show. Yeah. So they had to, fill it, had to fill it somehow, fill it with recap packages. Uh, but Yuta comes down instead of MJF. He's from Philadelphia. And usually, I, I don't think Wheeler's the best person on the mic. He's got passion, but it's... Yeah, it needs a bit more finesse. I thought he had so much emotion here, it made up for it. This was a promo that initially, despite the fact he was a hometown boy, the crowd weren't really into. They, were, they wanted to see MJF. Mm -hmm. But MJF is so great at not only getting himself over, but his opponents over. By the end of this segment, when Yuta was making his big challenge and threat, the crowd were going ballistic for him. And later on, after the Mox, oh, yeah. um, Yuta, uh, the Mox uh, Juice Robinson match, when he attacked MJF in the Skybox, he got this amazing reaction. And I actually, I really do think that's a testament to how good Max mm. is and how good MJF is as a character. He's so good at getting just not only himself but making the whole segment feel important I feel, I feel exactly the same he talked up himself he ragged on the the hometown crowd to get the heat but he also had the line of i traveled with you up and down this country on the indies i think you're one of the best wrestlers i've ever faced and i'm like oh my god this Yuda guy's something special it's expertly done expertly it really done. was yeah and i i mean Yuta's promo was quite good as well he sort of he basically came out and said, you put your hands on Tony Schiavone and that's a step too far. Mm. And he wants to, he challenged Max to a match in his city. And he says, now we know what's going to happen here. Max is going to come out here and he's going to do the same promo. Oh, the Phillies haven't qualified for the World Series in 11 years. Something like that. I'm mm. sure he doesn't even know this. And then Max comes out and does the local sports team heat, but even says like, I can do more local sports team heat, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you to like, into like they he spoke over Max at that point and went, there it is. There it is. It felt like a real argument between two people, not my line, your line, my line, your line. And it also, for me, shows that MJF is perfectly willing to have his act made fun of as yeah. well, uh, because he does a lot to other people and it's very difficult for other people to score points on him. So yeah, that that's I appreciate that give and take there. Yeah, he got a great reaction as well for saying like, I don't care about your money. I don't care that you're a multimillionaire. I just want to fight you and leave you in a pool of your own blood on Broad Street, mm. which I'll assume is a place in Philly. Yeah, or was it? Yeah, Main Street, I don't know. Broadway Street? Could be. I don't know. Uh, but Utah was going to beat him up, but then the firm's ass boys came out and stopped him and Max walked off. Yep, yeah, because no one can stop the ass boys. I was down on the firm being MJF's backup, but th this worked for me, so I'll, let, I'll see what happens. Particularly as well, because MJF was like, you don't deserve to hear my catchphrase, mm. so, you know, gun club, you can do it instead. Uh, we got a Darby J. Lethal video package. Lethal said he's going to fight Darby on his own without a faction, so I'd, I, don't, I don't... Do I care? Yeah. <laughs> Here's, will it make you watch Rampage on Friday? Well, yeah, but... 
this won't make me watch Rampage. Yeah. I will just watch Rampage. In which case, then I say, you don't care. Yeah. Uh, but then we got Mox versus Juice Robinson. MJF was in the skybox. I did, they, they didn't cut back to him enough for me. <laughs> did you forget he was there? Yeah, I was like, oh, what the, is, is Max watching this? I need minute updates. Exactly. I mean, the crowd lost interest in whether he was there or not as well. Um, this didn't have a lot of heat. It felt no. like this was a crowd that didn't really know who Juice Robinson was because he got no reaction when he came out either. I So this is something Dave Meltzer has been pointing out for, a, for about a month now with the AEW crowds. And yeah, it's, it's like this AEW audience two years ago or even last year you trot out Nick Gage you trot out Eddie Kingston people go mad because they know it's a guy they they go crazy for Kenta who shows up from New Japan with no setup so it's like why isn't it happening now with Juice Robinson who is a bona fide upper mid carder in New Japan very exciting match yeah yeah and the only thing I can think, and it, because it's not just the ma- it's not just the people, it's the matches themselves. Danielson, probably the least reaction a Danielson match has ever got in AEW was the opener of this show, and it's in Philadelphia. And the only thing I can think of is either AEW have turned away a hardcore portion of their fan base, which I don't actually think is true. I think those people are still there, if just a little bit disgruntled, like me. The only thing I can think of, and this is me, not Meltzer, is that we are in a place now where great wrestling happens all the time on Raw, on SmackDown, on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. How do you stand out when you've got just back to back great matches every other night? You, You need to do sports entertainment stuff. You need to be the acclaimed. You need to be MJF. Is it a case of that? AEW have now attracted a a new audience. Mm. So this is a new audience that has come in who like AEW and aren't watching New Japan or old Ring of Honor tapes or they aren't aware of like all in and you know the there's the genesis of AEW. So their knowledge of AEW is those four walls and you know the amount of time they've been watching that show. So a Juice Robinson coming in being like, oh, I don't know who this guy is because he's not on the TV show I watch. Potentially. But it's also set a separate issue to uh, cameo appearances from other promotions. It is normal matches with AEW talent. We saw it in every single one apart from Jericho Bandido. But as we've seen within WWE, a casual audience Mm. doesn't really like wrestling matches. They like the wrestlers. They like entrances. They like finishes. It's what Mm. WWE have had for for years on years on years. And that's what they're there to just see the stars and the actual wrestling part portion of it isn't all that interesting. They used to say this about the Attitude Era. That Attitude Era fan, that really mainstream audience that they got, that college frat boy audience that they got, didn't actually care for wrestling. They just wanted to see what Stone Cold Steve Austin did. I've always had a theory, though, that that's been the case with those eras of WWE because WWE taught their audience to not expect a clean finish. That actually the wrestling part is the least interesting thing on this show because... We make up for it with the characters, the promos, the stupid angles. If you're an AEW fan and you've gotten into AEW through watching AEW, surely you like the in-ring wrestling. Or maybe you just like the stars. It's it's an interesting thing to just it keep is. note of. I, it's it's surprising. And I don't think either of us have come up with the actual answer. No. Just just possible theories. Uh, but this match, though, uh, it was it was good. But I've I. It's not just the Philly crowd. I feel like I've seen this match much better a couple Else, of years ago. 100% over the US title and things like that. Like Mox got a very good near fall out of the pulp friction. Like he kicked out at the very last possible mm. second. Uh, and I mean, I really hit great near fall that didn't get the reaction it deserved, probably because people didn't know that was his finish. Yeah, yeah. And he then hit the regal knee, which I thought was quite nice, mm. did the steppies and locked in an arm bar while MJF looked less than impressed from the skybox. Juice immediately tapped. Yeah. He was like, Umbar's in tap. I really like the finish. I really like the last 30 seconds of this. Um, Juice Robinson, you got, I didn't know he was out of contract with New Japan. That's what Taz said on commentary. I think that's Juice. So I think Sean has told the story a lot before, but Juice kept trying to get him to report that as a story. <laughs> and Sean was like, no, I know you're just running an angle. Like, right. I'm, I'm not going to report this as a fightful select story yeah, yeah. that you haven't got a contract with New Japan. Well, of course, his wife is in um, AEW. She's Tony Storm. Uh, the... 
This then cut to, um, no, Hangman Page came out because he won the Rampage Battle Royal because that's the main way to get a title shot in AEW. And then MJF stood up in the skybox and was like, ah, it doesn't matter which one of you wins because I'm going to win when I cash in. And then throughout this, it's one of my favorite spots in wrestling after someone going through the barricade. You know that like mm-hmm. rugby tackle through the barricade spot? And it is the dramatic irony of the heel yucking it up and the baby face just stands up behind them. The crowd were going ballistic for <laughs> Willie Uta here. And then MGF does the great big like, uh-oh, slow turnaround. Yeah. Uta attacks him, throws him into the skybox, throws him essentially like into the audience. Security has to brawl in and set them up. It unfortunately took away a lot from the Hangman page um John Moxley stuff that was happening in the ring because like Tony Schiavone was like hey in the ring they've not taken their eyes mm. off each other it's like well I'm not seeing any of that I'm just watching this cool brawl that's up here and actually I think this segment is quite a very good example of I really thought 2022 was going to be the year of Hangman Page and boy howdy has hit not been I, I thought it was going to be the year of CM Punk well it nearly it was it kind of is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they will have a match next week, though. I think that's Max's first match back. It is, yeah. So really looking forward to that. Uh, he so very, very rarely wrestles. Uh, absolute treat. And then we got the Sir Raya promo. Well, we actually, before that, we got a video promo for Bandido, explaining to a new audience, oh, yeah. particularly who know, don't know who Bandido is, using footage from All In, which I thought was very cool, because that is like mm. a, oh, yeah, they now own... All in, like all in is within house. Also, they showed the young bucks on screen. They didn't show CM Punk during the Moxley title win. Like when he like squashed CM Punk, they just mm. said he was interim champion. Then he unified the world championship. They did not show Punk in it, but they did show that match. Do you think CM Punk's the White Rabbit? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is that a clue? Well, yeah. People just say that he killed the world. Um, he, and he's the best in the world. Oh my god! I figured it out. It's Kenny Omega. It's all a work. But uh, the Young Bucks also said yesterday on a, a social media platform, I don't know Vimeo or something, that uh, <laughs> they will be back in AEW very soon. I everyone says that at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> I I just thought them being shown here, as we saw with Jeff Hardy a few weeks back. Then there's reports that Jeff might be back soon as well because he's finishing up rehab. I I could see the Young Bucks being back on TV. So, I mean, I was even next week. You know, mm-hmm. the anniversary show, the Elite yeah, Comeback yeah. Challenge, Death Triangle for the, the Trios Championships. Probably just win them again, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll just carry on as if Death Triangle didn't win them. Uh, the acclaimed backstage with uh, Daddy Ass, uh, Billy Gunn, they say it's National Scissoring Day next week. And then Keith Lee, excuse me, came in and was annoyed at Billy Gunn for effectively cheating to help the faces beat them last week. There was a moment here where Keith Lee said, yeah, you guys are being carried by Billy Gunn. And then he walked off. And Bowens and Billy Gunn were like, yeah, I don't care. Scissor me, yeah. Mm. Castor on the other hand was like a... I suppose we didn't really win them legit, did we? To mm. so set up a, a third encounter between these two teams. It's not the next match they've got, because they've got like an open contract for a tag match. They've got a triple threat tag match on Rampage against uh, Private Party and Butcher and Blade for the tag titles. I I would have liked to have seen something in front of the live crowd for them. Uh, but I also... Well, we do, see that on Rampage. Yeah, I also do like the folks of this show. But yeah, you're right. Um, speaking of, Private Party and Butcher and Blade are arguing backstage. Apparently they're still a faction. I didn't know this. Andrade's like, I'm still your boss. I'm like, what about Roosh? What the... <laughs> Where is... Actually, is Roosh on TV next week? Is, is, is Dragon League? You, you did turn on him, right? I'm yeah. trying to remember. No, I think Roosh is on TV on Rampage. But Roosh wasn't here. And then Jose, the assistant, was like, if you don't buck up your ideas... Uh, you get to get kicked out of this group. It's like, I don't know, you guys were a yeah. group still. What is this group? And then Matt Hardy walked into the shot after they'd left and like, we could do it again, private party. Uh, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I felt this, like we'd just gone back a year. This never-ending crap <clears throat> story is just, it's found another new chapter, apparently. Ricky Starks came out and beat Eli Isom in a total squash. Uh, nice to see, uh, under a minute. Um, yeah. Nice bit of momentum. Don't mind it. Uh, Jungle Boy and Christian Luchasaurus had a video package. That That is another feud that is just getting stretched out and out because of 
the whole injury thing. Yeah, unfortunately, the injury has, has really hampered the storytelling. But it was point. coming off a Jungle Boy injury, so yeah. it already feels too long. But yeah, the main event, bit. the main mm -hmm. event, Jericho versus Bandido for the ROH. Was it for the ROH title? Yes. Yes. Because uh, Bandido never officially lost the ROH championship. Yeah. So this was Chris Jericho giving Bandido that shot because he is on a campaign to beat all the former Ring of Honor champions that AEW either have under contract <laughs> or aren't a problem one. But that's only something he set up at the end of this, right? Well, I think they sort of said that at the start as well. Mm. Maybe I missed that. Maybe that is something he did afterwards. On commentary, they were saying that he gave him this title mm. shot because Bandido didn't really lose it. Because I thought it was a nice reveal that, oh, this is Jericho's mission now. He's going to beat all the former Ring of Honor champions. Might have been. Uh, Jericho immediately disrespected the uh, handshake. I think he shook his hand, but then he turned it into a silly one and a middle finger. Bandido is incredible. Oh, yeah. Um. I kind of forgotten because we were all super high on Bandido in 2018, mm -hmm. 2019, 2018. Yeah, yeah. 2018. Um, we even, you know, were in a dressing room with him around well, that time. We were indeed. The month after All In. And we were like, oh my God, you're our favorite <laughs> thing right now. But then because of pandemic, signing with Ring of Honor, he's just not been on a national stage. So it really felt like a reintroduction to him. And all I've seen today is, oh my God, Bandido's great. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, this isn't a surprise to me. I'm just happy I'm watching them again. Yeah, I think it, was, it serves as a reminder <laughs> to perhaps people who did see him mm. in 2018 and were just like, oh my God, he's like the hottest thing in wrestling at the moment. Uh, as a good reminder, you know, three years later, four years later, to be like, oh yeah, hot dang, he is dead good here. Because there was a moment he did this one-armed press slam that I thought, oh, that was really awesome. But they did it during the commercial break. I thought, it's a real shame because that would have been really nice on TV. So immediately, he then do a stalling suplex that was over a minute long. On Chris Jericho. On Chris Jericho. He's and lost a lot of weight, but still. He's still Jericho. And every time it looked like he was about to lose it, he was like, nope, back up, you go. It was absolutely insane. He is a human highlight reel. Yeah. And he just, I mean, Jericho did kick out of every single one of his big moves. He's the star here. But... I thought Bandito looked wicked in this match. This was a great, great match. I agree. It was a really good match. The Bandido is the. I actually was surprised by the strength thing. I remember that now as part of his move set. But I always think of flips. The thing with Bandido is to compare him against Ray Phoenix, who I would say has a three out of five hit rate on the amazing moves he attempts. Bandido. Every single move was crisp was flawless. And these are not easy moves. A top rope moonsault fall away slam on yeah. Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. And it looked like it was no effort for him whatsoever. Like he did it absolutely flawlessly. The snap on that frog splash. Yeah. Oh. One of my favorite moments, actually, from that moonsault fall away slam was Taz then saying, I've always wanted to do that move. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's not take away from Chris Jericho. The dude is 51 years old. And in the last four weeks, the three weeks he's wrestled out of the last four, for me, he's had match of the week on Dynamite. The Danielson match, the Claudio, ma Claudi Claudio match last week, and this one. I am starting to think when we do our nominations for a wrestler of the year, because, you know, we are getting towards the end of the year now. It'll be December before you know it. I think Jericho's going to get a few noms this mm. year. Jericho doesn't rarely, rarely gets nominations. I think this year, particularly from the last few months, is going to get a lot of nominations this year. To be wrestling this style, this well, at such a frequency, at the age of 51, I do not know what he's doing. He always attributes it to DDP yoga, but I was looking through just other ages. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker are 57. Think what they were doing five years ago. Triple H is 53. Think what he was doing five years, like two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, the Rock is 50. He's one year younger than Chris Jericho. If he stepped into the ring, even 10 years ago, he'd tear all these muscles <laughs> I mean, if he, he sneezed. He literally, he did, literally in, did in that match against Cena. So just like a hot take, just incredible work from Jericho recently. Uh, I think it's his best run in AEW. Yeah, you know, like yeah, even in the early days, I think this is the best work that he's doing now. And I, again, I've, I've said this on on multiple shows now. This, I feel like this is him stepping up to be like, I really believe in this company. So I'm in making it my mission now to go out there and have the best match on TV every single week to show you all in the locker room that we still can have this vision that we thought this company would be. By the company, you mean Ring of Honor? 
yes, yes, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, and and AEW <clears throat> writ large. But I, yeah, I thought this was really, really great. Bandito looked great coming out of it as well. Like he got to show off all of his big moves. He did the X knee. He did the twenty one plex. Jericho kicked out of all of them, and then Jericho, sneaky that he mm. is, because yeah, while he is still an amazing wrestler, he is still the sports entertainer. And he just pulled the mask down ever so slightly to block Bandido's vision. And he locked in the lion tamer. And Bandido had no idea how close mm. or far away from the ropes he was. So had no other option but to tap out. I thought it was a superb finish. Yeah. Dishonorable. It was dishonorable. Um, Tony Khan better sign Bandido immediately if he hasn't already. Because Triple H, I mean, he, well, even if people are under contract, he doesn't really care. <laughs> it sounds like... No, but also there's a lot of people in the books who aren't getting TV time. So, it's crazy. You know, like, where was what? You know, there's no Wardlow, there's no yeah, FTR. Jake Hager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm the first person to say let's limit the roster. However, Bandido is your guy. I do, he's just the best yeah. luchador uh, in that I can think of in the last ten years. Yeah, and you we made the you made the joke about this on the the review anyway, but. Jericho's going after all of the former Ring of Honor champions now. So some of those we have got within AEW. Samoa Joe is one of them. Jay Lethal is one of them. So he's essentially set up his next couple of months worth of matches. Dalton Castle they've got a good relationship with, so he's probably going to be one. Adam Cole, Carl O'Reilly. Uh, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels is the one for me that I would really, really like to see. Um, I think that'd just be, even if it goes 10 minutes, like I'd love, because they've just, they're both such journeymen. Yeah, of the industry, and I I, I love Daniels. Um, he's one of my all time favorites. And he he challenged Danielson to a match in I think it's a couple of weeks time when they're going to be in Toronto, his home country of Toronto, his home country of Toronto. Uh, October so- Sorry, Tempest. <laughs> yeah, October twelfth. That's going to happen. So yeah, Dan. Uh, I think next week Jericho is going to have a fantastic tag match, and the week after that he's going to have the Danielson match. The guy is killing it. Uh, and then afterwards he says. This, this was my favorite moment great turn he said i'm not just going to beat up every former ring of honor champion every ring of honor commentator i'm also going to beat up every ring of honor ring announcer because he brought bobby cruz into the ring because bobby cruz was about it was like winner of this match bye and he brings him into mm. the ring and he's just like he's a bit confused and he sort of announces jericho as the winner and then jericho yeah says i'm going to destroy every champion every commentator every ring announcer and bobby cruz has this look on his face said Huh? Yeah. And you then, mate. Boom. Judas effect wiped out Bobby Cruz. Ian Riccoboni is losing his mm-hmm. gosh darn mind on commentary. I thought this was an awesome, awesome, great way to end the show. Yeah. And it just sets, like I said earlier, it just sets up so many exciting possibilities for what I thought was a feud that was coming to its end. JAS, Blackpool Combat Club, sports entertainment versus pro wrestling the battle of the heart of the industry. It's essentially WWE versus AEW as well. Yeah. Um, I thought that was running out of steam. And by introducing Ring of Honor into it and Jericho's campaign against it, it is, it's breathed all this new life. It's fascinating that it's essentially now a Ring of Honor versus WWE proxy feud. And that AEW is more and more, because it's a, a bit of a tainted brand. I don't know if it's a conscious effort to do this, just right now, emphasizing Ring of Honor more. It's probably more likely because they want to get a TV. Deal. They're trying to get the TV deal. They're trying to get a Warner TV deal for for Ring of Honor. And also, you know, Ring of Honor is the company that NXT killed. Yeah. So, you know, well, and AEW as well. Other names that we could possibly have: Matt Haven, maybe bring him oh, in. Yeah. Uh, PCO. <laughs> I mean, the Briscoes aren't going to be on there, are they? Um, Davy Richards, Eddie Edwards. Oh, I'd love David Richards is one of my. <gasps> Jerry Lynn. Yeah, he's there as an agent producer, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, homicide. Yeah. We were trying to track down Nigel McGuinness's status. I don't think it ever returned to the ring, but he is still with WWE. According to WWE.com, he is. Yeah, mm. he's listed as an NXT guy. Uh, well, overall, I gave this 79%. Uh, I, it, was, it was a normal filler episode, but I've said in the past, like, sometimes a good filler episode is just, it's such a such a difficult thing to do really well and i thought this was focused i really like i'm really optimistic about the jericho storyline and i thought bandido looked fantastic the women's stuff was garbage but overall 79 percent. i think this is something that does get lost within um wrestling criticism and wrestling reviews and stuff is that 
if you say a show is, and I, I come under this a lot, if you say a show is fine or if it's good or if it's three out of five, you hated the show. Like a, a sort of a bog standard show is seen as a bad thing. Mm. But actually it's, it's a good thing because you can't have five out of five shows every week. You can't have one out of five shows every week. Because if you keep doing the five out of five, you'll end up with a one out of five. It's not, one, it's not a thumbs up, it's not a thumbs down scenario. There is a thumbs in the middle, and a thumbs in the middle is actually okay. Mm. But I think sort of the way that the internet tends to look at things is that it has to be one or the other. So if you say it's this, if you say it's in the middle, then that means you hated it. And I thought this was a three out of five episode mm. of Dynamite, and that's okay. And that, <laughs> that's a good thing. And I thought this was a good show for that. I thought Raw a couple of weeks ago, which was a three out of five show, was a good show. But I think people just hear good and assume you mean I hated everything that happened on the show. Let's get into your remaining redacted chats. Uh, Hannah Allen says, "Mm mm-hmm. Well, aren't you a couple of Rice Krispie <laughs> treats use? You can snap, crackle, and pop me anytime, sweethearts. Well, hello, lovely gents. Is it just me, or is Blackpool Cuckold Club a valid description of the situations Regal creates on commentary? Regal is. He's a flirty old boy oh, on yeah. commentary, particularly with Excalibur, who had that line with him where he said, you can snap, crackle, and pop me anytime you want, sweetheart. Yeah. It is that kind of flirtatious banter amongst men that might end up in violence because Regal's going to hurt you. <laughs> I, I can't work it out, but it's exciting. It is good. Uh, Hannah Allen again. Regal is just so much fun on commentary. He's hilarious when he wants to be that's a mouthful, uh, said the women, said the woman to the bishop, and then completely flipping it and focused on every little detail in the ring. He cracks me up. I loved a man. Love, lots of love. Hashtag Joe. Yeah, he is great. He does a good job of balancing that line. He also trips over a lot of his own words because he gets too excited <laughs> to say th- say things. Rob Burwell's been a member for 14 months. Last night was my first live AEW show and it was so much fun. Britt Baker flipped me off from, from my heckling of Pittsburgh and seeing Bandido was incredible. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Riot DR, Ian Riccoboni. I don't think I've ever seen Bandido give up. An eye gouge and a mask twist later and Bandido is tapping out. Guess that's a way to debut on Turner Television. Sucks he was angle fodder, but if John Moxley can feud with all of New Japan, uh, he can only be... continues. Yeah, sorry. So a DX reunion is taking place soon. If there isn't a scissors joke, I'll consider it a fail. Oh, it's going to be inside a city, isn't it? That promo. No, it's going to be. Hey guys, I don't know if you know this, but we invented the Attitude Era. <laughs> when, when I actually look at the Attitude Era, we're the most important thing that happened in those three years. Yeah, Steve Austin, who The Rock, who? Nope, it was D Generation X. That's what. Mm-hmm. That's what people tuned in for. Uh, attention back on AEW. Lethal is too good to feel so mid. Juice Robinson is the most NWA. <laughs> Juice Robinson is the most NWOB team feeling member of the Bullet Club. <laughs> Random thoughts. Luke read ahead. Sorry, I read ahead. That is such a burial of Juice Robinson, but it really B team NWO. No offense, Juice. Uh, Nate S. I'm surprised to hear people be so negative on this episode. It wasn't the best ever, but I thought the matches were really good and stories advanced nicely. MJF yelling, arrest him, <laughs> popped me. I agree. Uh, John Wick 1GM, this episode is when the rankings have to come into play. Get the crowd into the matches because they mean something even if it's not really advancing a story. Also, it wouldn't hurt if two more pay-per-views were added so AEW could cycle talent in and out every two months. I'm quite happy with the four pay-per-view a year structure, personally. It's five. Well, it's five now if you include, yeah, with Forbidden Door. Well, it's six with all the new Rampage specials, too. Uh, Tails P the hardcore Philly crowd might not be there because Extreme Rules is next week I don't think that will (laughs) take a bite out of it at all love that during the JS breakdown Tay and Anna were just eating pizza in the background thought 2.0 would challenge FTR Bunny wasn't here Hurricane Ian or WWE QR code yeah like uh, the people missing on this show it's the right thing. But also maybe Tells is right it's actually all to debut Ali Mm. in, in WWE she's the white rabbit Christopher Jazzcathausen. Jericho has been doing great matches of late. His match versus Kingston seems like it lit a fire under him. Jericho being ROH champion hit me right in the kayfabes. Uh, Sir Rhea's promo was awful. Has she always been that bad? Or is it her adjusting to no script? Could be. Mm. 
Uh, and finally, for now, Riot DR. All right, serious question. Does Tony just ignore the ex existence of injured champions when the interim champ is crowned? No mention of Rosa by name, and Punk's name never came up when he was out with a foot injury. Just something that bugs me. I think Punk's name came up quite a lot mm. when he was interim champion. They always did make mention that CM Punk is the world champion and John Moxley is the interim champion. Rosa, I think, is a slightly different one, though, because there's lots of rumors and reports of backstage heat and disagreements. Apparently, Tony was meant to win the belt months ago, but Rosa refused. There's all these sorts of like rumor and innuendo backstage. Mm. So maybe there's a bit more to it than, than meets the eye. But yeah, it is. they have not mentioned Thunder Rosa's name since she uh, relinquished the title. But AEW should definitely provide reasons why people are missing from TV. Not yeah. even if even if it's just a, a made-up reason, just for storyline purposes. But that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for joining us here. Please do check out Raid by clicking that, or scanning that QR code, or clicking the link in the video description below. Every click helps support us here at WrestleTalk. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke Owen, D-A-D. Jam that jam. Jam that jam, everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.